Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Sodomites, and welcome to the Sinister Sissies Podcast, your guide to true crime, horror, and everything man on man and macabre. I'm Jared, your master of depravity, and I'm here with someone you haven't heard in a little while. Back from the dead. I'm, I'm very glad to welcome back. Paul Carp is back. That's very exciting. Thanks for having me. I've, I've, I've rolled away the stone from the tomb and I'm back. And are you excited to be back given the, uh, the movie that I forced you to watch? Oh, um, why, why are you assuming that I, I wouldn't have watched this without being forced? I mean, <laughs> surely people shoveling, shoveling shit in, into their mouth would be in, in my regular Friday night viewing. Paul sent me a message. I'm assuming midway through you were watching this, just being like, Jared, this movie's fucked. <laughs> I waited until at least the halfway point just just to tell whether I was being soft or not. So today's episode is on Salo, or 120 Days of Sodom, a film by Pierre Paolo Pasolini, uh, an infamous film. It is on many a uh, most disturbing films ever made list. Uh, do you think it lives up to that name? Uh, uh, well, yes, you know, serving up a banquet of shit where everyone has to eat shit, uh, was, 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 was up there. The film is based on the uh, novel or book by the Marquis de Sade, the famous debauch philosopher and aristocrat. Uh, I feel like I could maybe get away with doing a full episode on the Marquis de Sade just because his desires were so deviant. Maybe we can like, you know, Maybe he can be part of the community. It was based on his uh, novella or novel, um, 120 Days of Sodom, covering very similar themes. Uh, Pasolini chose to take the original source material and add political elements to it, in particular to bring about some political commentary to do with Italian fascism. I'd be curious to I'd be curious to ask your opinion of um, 
you know, the political subject matter because um, the kind of fascist, uh, the, the fact that they're fascists um, is, is, is pretty well explained from, um, you know, their costume and their own, you know, kind of moustache twirling evil, you know, talking about absolute power and, you know, tuning in to Hitler uh, and and looking pretty satisfied with that. But I, I wanted to ask what you thought of... Um, I mean, they just have kind of long tracks of political self-justification, you know, when they're sitting around and, and what you thought of how, how they'd treated Nietzsche and other... And, and other other ideas I know you're interested in that they that they bring up while they're sitting around. The 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 kind of context of this I think is quite interesting because Pasolini was at a certain part of his life quite sympathetic to Italian fascism. So he he started off being quite sympathetic to it and then um moving away from um fascist ideas, not quite getting to kind of socialist ideas. Um, he was kind of critical of both progressive and fascinating man, also a gay man, should mention that. That's why we're covering <laughs> this movie is because Pasolini is a gay man or was a gay man. Yeah, um, and most of the uh, most of the sex acts involve sodomy. Yes, look, it's very much, I'll speak about that a little bit more, but it's very much you can see his like homoerotic uh, lens in a lot of it. But, so it's interesting you, you talk about kind of, you know, how do they treat the politics of this? Well, I think the, one of the first things to note about is that, so the Marquis de Sade um, uh, literature is 120 Days of Sodom. The reason that it's Salo or 120 Days of Sodom and takes place in the place of Salo is because that is where Pasolini's brother was assassinated by the Italian fascist regime. Ah, uh. So, 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 you know, it is not a superficially political um, uh, film. It is very, it, it's strange. I almost want to call this like a, like a political satire, which is completely incorrect. Because when you think of satire, you think of like, it's like, it's like Animal funny. Farm, except with more fisting. Yeah. Because without any, um. Like satire, there's usually like like a wink or a nod or a, you know something funny to it, but like that, it's like a straight faced. I don't know what you would call it, but there is a commentary. There is a political commentary happening here. the The kind of brief plot is that a group of fascists round up nine teenage boys and nine teenage girls and subject them to 120 days of physical, mental, and sexual torture. Right off the bat, I do need to say that I love this film. Um, and I don't, I'm not in, not in a um, being edgy or just being scandalous type way. I actually do think that it is a wonderfully made film. Uh, not for everyone, though. Look, if you're not willing to watch violence, there's a lot of sexual violence, as in, I'd say like most of the film is is rape and sexual assault, uh, as well as some shit eating and some some gore that I will say some aspects of the gore even made me somewhat uncomfortable. Industrial strength trigger warning.
let's do it. So the film is divided into four segments and they're based on Dante's Divine Comedy. Uh, the first segment that we have is called Anti-Inferno, or if I had an Italian accent, Anti-Inferno. <laughs> How was that? Paul's face tells me that that was bad. So we get our set up. It's 1944 and we're in the Republic of Salo, which is a fascist occupied part of Italy. We get uh, our, our four wealthy men established. We have the Duke, the Bishop, the Magistrate, and the President. So these wealthy men, they meet up. They agree to marry uh, each other's daughters, which is what happens at, at the start. And then they make their daughters undress. And the daughters are actually, the four daughters are actually um, the four first members of this debauched um, thing that's going through. We then get scenes of them recruiting um, uh, four teenage boys to act as guards who are wearing uh, the uniform of Italian fascist guards, just to, you know, get the theme on part. And then they recruit four other young men um, known as the fuckers or the studs uh, and they're chosen just because they have large penises and that's their role is to just basically fuck around so we have like eight young men and this is what you were saying at some point about the fact that like it is skewed slightly towards the homoerotic <laughs> angle just because I think that there's a lot of like young male casting in all of well, this and, and, and one of the first sex acts is is one of the the males having having anal sex with one of the young females, and then one of the fascists like subbing himself in for the young female. I mean, do me, do me. So it's like, you know, yeah, not that subtle. <laughs> Many things could be said about that. Um, they then the recruit their victims. So we have nine young men and nine young women. Um, and we see as part of those scenes, I think one of the young girl's uh, mother gets killed as they're trying to abduct her. So that's our first scene, Anti-Inferno. We then move on to the Circle of Manias or Girone della Mania. This is probably what, this is, this is probably what the, uh, the, 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 that Spanish poet, uh, thought of my rendition of his poem. So like, it's all, it all balances out. Everyone meets at this, this, this huge palace. I don't know the background to this, who this belonged to. Like, can you imagine owning the, uh, the mansion where all this depraved acts happened? Stick that um, on the domain.com.au description. <laughs> I would go, I if this is a hotel, I would definitely stay at this place. And the first, I guess, grotesque scene that we have, so everything's kind of explained to these victims that uh, grotesque things are going to happen to them. Um, we then have a breakfast, breakfast scene where um, all the women are naked and one of the, the, the studs or the fuckers um, bumps into one of the girls starts raping the girls and then then the president uh displays his asshole and gets gets fucked by the the stud um and and during this segment we also get uh a couple of things we get our first uh monologue by signora vaccari era un vecchio nobile conosciuto in tutta la zona per la sua depravazione 
il mio interesse, come potete ben capire, era enorme. Ma mia madre quella sera era più irremovibile del solito. Mi supplicava piangendo di non andare, di cambiare vita e... E allora? Non seppi resistere alla tentazione. Often the way the torture starts is that they're sitting around in the drawing room uh, and there are, there are women in the, in, the, in the crew of torturers who, um, you know, dress up extremely formally and very well made up and telling erotic stories from their, their youths as, as whores or, um, you know, uh, exciting or, or violent uh, or fetishistic encounters that they had when they were younger. And so there's an element of performance there in, the, in their retelling. That particular component comes from the Marquis de Sade book. So the idea of getting uh, prostitutes in to, or sex workers, I feel like... In this particular case, prostitute probably describes them a bit better than sex workers. I don't know why. But um, getting sex workers in to uh, entice people to be more depraved comes directly from the Marquis de Sade. Marquis de Sade, of course, uh, is where we get the terms uh, like sadism from. De Sade, sadism. Um, And his his whole thing... um, was to he was he was an about atheist and very much against any kind of religious norms and so he kind of married this aristocratic sensibility with depravity taken to its furthest extent yeah i was i was going to say uh, that the the uh, the register of the language is very formal uh, they the 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 four the four men the four fascists that are you know directing most of the gross traffic are introduced in the in the first scene as being you know like the president or or mayor or or judge and and so that they've all got they've all got titles and they throughout the whole film they're still um giving the formal uh third person singular instead of the second person singular uh to address everyone and everyone is using their their proper title as if they were at you know a dinner party it's during this segment that we have one of the most visually iconic scenes which is um all of the victims act like dogs um and so it's all these very young naked bodies um having to act like dogs it's this visually it is um given the themes of kind of like fascist domination and all that sort of stuff it's the most visually evocative demonstration We then move on to what I'm assuming is Paul's favourite segment, the circle of shit. (laughs) Signora Maggi, or Maggi, M-A-G-G-I, who gives this like horrible story about her childhood and then talks about how much she loves shit. A lot of things happening there. Everyone's kind of, the president in particular is obsessed with shit and is like fondling things. Uh, Signora Maggi explains that she killed her mother because her mother didn't want her sleeping around or was making her sleeping around. There's this whole confusing point in that. Um, one of the girls, because 
Signora Machi is talking about her mother. One of the girls gets really, really upset. She she breaks down because she's the one who, whose whose mother died trying to protect her. And the Duke, in response, uh, decides to poop onto a plate uh, and makes makes her eat the poop. And then they've discovered this new idea, and so then they all make them eat some poop. Highlight of the film. And uh, the, the two uh, two young women are also consoling each other, being like that this is the breaking point for one of them. That she's like, oh, she can't. Oh, I can't do it. And her her colleague says, oh, do, do it for the Madonna. You know, do you know how they did that. Um, Was they, it not actually so they, shit? It's not actually shit. That reassures you in any way. Uh, no, but it's, so they they mixed together like so they were like chocolatey things, but then they had like heaps of cinnamon and then like lemon and then like like it was like really weird sickly sweet flavors so obviously it was edible for the actors to have but it was kind of sickly as they were eating it so when you say it what what is the it if not no it's like it's a weird mix of flavor like as in like spices and chocolate and all these okay but they didn't they didn't just like dust a turd in no. <laughs> and, and just like hoe it in. was chocolate it was like an excellent excellent thing. good that's what i was driving at they have a weird um uh most beautiful buttocks contest do you remember this i bit? do remember this bit elasticity <laughs> seemed to be elastic it wasn't just a size thing it wasn't just like who could like twerk the best it seemed to be about elasticity seemed to be the quality they were going for this is where they get because they because they were very like intellectual about it like there was a criteria and there was a discussion um the winner and it's um, actually the the... only thing that's democratic it's the only thing that oh because it's the only thing that's voted on when they have a di- by the by, by the, the fash the by the fash yes. when they disagree when they disagree about the buttocks there there are two candidates uh you know and if the, someone gets outvoted three to one uh, and he's he's happy to go along with the majority though so you know democracy works as far as yeah. picking buttocks are concerned um they end up choosing franco uh but uh and franco frankly wanted to die at this point thinks he's going to get shot in the head and then they're like no 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 no, no. you're not going to die this way um and and that's how that segment ends well, we kill you over and over every day or something yeah i think there's yeah there's a line about it's, that it, but that, that that it's it, very 1984 you know stomping your face into eternity type you know you don't get off that easy kiddo yeah and then we have a final segment which is the circle of blood now this segment actually starts with there's a weird wedding between so all the all the uh the royal aristocrats the bishop and the president and all that sort of stuff get dressed up in female clothes um and then they get married to the studs or the fuckers the there's like a whole wedding like a like a like a anti-wedding i think they're wearing black or something like it it's it's meant to be like a flip side of like a traditional wedding um and they're upset that the victims are not happy with their wedding ceremonies they tell jokes about them and all those sorts of things um at 
a certain point, the bishop leaves the celebrations and he wants to examine the current victims and uh, speaks to Claudio. And then there is this series of events where they each tell on each other. So there's like Claudio, who's one of the victims, tells uh, the bishop about Grazilla, about a photograph she has. Then Grazilla reveals about that there's two other victims that are having a sexual affair. They're lesing eventually... out. It's, two, it's out. Two, two young women that are consoling each other um, in bed. Yeah. And then ultimately all of this comes down to the revelation that Ezio, who is one of the guards, he's not one of the victims, is sleeping with a uh, black servant girl who's on the premises. Um, they discover them... What's that expression? Inflagrante? What the hell is delicto? Inflagrante delicto. Oh, that's, that sounds more filthy than just saying fucking. <laughs> so they're caught in the act. And uh, interestingly, uh, Ezio, when he's caught in the act and he's about to be killed, um, he's, his lover is killed, and then he's about to be killed, he actually gives like a socialist salute. He was like an indication of socialism. That's what that big fist up in the air is. So he was obviously trying to work against them. Um, as a result of Ezio being killed, one of the victims gets replaced and turned into a guard. Um, we then have a screening ceremony where they decide which of the victims uh, deserves to live. So, uh, Grisilla is spared because she told on someone else. Uh, and Reno, who is a young boy that... Um, is has a sexual relationship with the duke and has been this like submissive little gay boy to him he is also spared from being killed all of the others are uh, rounded up um and then they're taken outside one by one and are killed and tortured uh mostly by the soldiers and the studs but then um some of the, like the president and some of the other ones come in uh Amongst the many tortures that they have, the tongue gets cut off. There's some eye gouging. There's some uh, scalping. Yeah, there's a there's a scalping. Uh, there's boobs getting cut off. There's uh, candles to the penis type burning off thing. Um, you also can't it, hear. You can't hear any of this because it's seen through the window, um, mm. and you can just see people shrieking in pain and whatnot. Libertines watch in Voyeur. There has been a character that's been sitting in the background all this time, which is the person who plays the piano. And the pianist sees what's going on and then decides uh, it's a bit too much for her. And she then jumps out the window to her death because she's so shocked about what happened. 
And then the final scene of the the, of the film is uh, two young soldiers are left behind um, and they decide to just have a little waltz together. Yeah. I picked up on a few on a few things at the end that were like I think trying to take you from the extreme violence to the message of everyone is all alike. That there's a joke that I think the Duke tells um while they're watching the violence where he he says uh, uh what what uh what sound does the Bolshevik make when he jumps in the Red Sea? And it, the the answer is splash, and I, I I thought the I thought the point of the joke was everyone's alike. When everyone jumps in a body of water, they make a splash. Uh, like the the joke. Sure, it's not. We should drown more Bolsheviks. No, the, I think the joke the jo- the 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 joke is setting you up to think that the answer is going to be something specific to a Bolshevik. Like mm. so, you're you're thinking of oh, what what noise would a Bolshevik make? But the answer is splash, because everyone makes the same noise when they hit a body of water. It doesn't matter what their political philosophy is. And then mm. I thought the dance scene at the end is also just kind of stunningly normal after a series of, you know, I- incredibly violent scenes. And, you know, what one of them just asks the other about his girl, you know, what his girlfriend's yeah. called, and then they stick the radio on and they just have a little dance. And it's just like completely completely back to normality because you know people can do horrible things and still be people and don't think you're above it because you know everyone's the same there is definitely like a downer bent to the film i know you could argue that the whole film was meant to be depressing but like earlier on there's this like carnival of violence and carnival of horrors and it loses that kind of carnival vibe by the end. The end is just like, and then this happens. And you're like forced to just be like, ooh, that's actually like pretty rough and pretty terrible. Does that make sense? Have I drunk too much beer? Yeah, I mean, if you were enjoying the early scenes, I can see why it would have run out by the end of it. But I wasn't but okay. really enjoying the early scenes no, either. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't find it. It was on a worse, certain... though. It was qualitatively worse. And like, as in, I think that you could, if you were having drinks with friends, laugh at the earlier scenes, or at least find levity in the earlier scenes, particularly the shit eating. Um, and the, that you the could buttock, not the find in that contest, I guess, you could, the levity. Like that's what I mean. Like there are these weird, and even like the dog thing. Like it's, it's, it's like it is ridiculous. Um, but by the end scene, all of the ridiculousness is gone and you're left with this, like, muted, fucked up set of images, um, that I think is an interesting way to end the film. Because I don't know, are we supposed to end this film feeling like shit? Are we supposed to be informed? Like... I kind of like that there is an ambiguity as to how we should feel at the end of this film. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. The way they put it early on, um, where one of the fascists says evil is the most contagious disease. Uh, so I find that they kind of explained the themes quite early and that that is 
especially in especially in World War Two kind of Holocaust type mm. literature. I mean, it, it's such a well explained theme that at the end of it, at the end of it, I didn't get much more than that out of it. It was more just collecting impressions of how Pasolini had conveyed that. It's interesting that you viewed it as a really, like, obviously political film. But I think when I first saw this, and I would have been much younger, I think I just saw it as, like, a series of, like, fucked up events. And I had no, like context of political ramifications and so i wonder if most people when they watch this they necessarily actually even get the political commentary like it's it's aesthetically like those those images even the really horrific images and torture images and stuff like that are um there is an artistry to that when something is so when something is so obviously repulsive it's very it's very hard to grade it on its aesthetics beyond you know the 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 physical reaction that you have to it which is that it was repulsive there's a solution to that though give it a rewatch <laughs> possibly no i don't i don't think i, I don't think i would rewatch it cuz i think i got the message the first time what about the aesthetic appreciation um what about the beautiful butts? The beautiful boy butts? <laughs> uh, uh, you want to talk about this, like, not recorded? I'm patting <laughs> myself on the back for making it through once. That's good enough for me. Thank you to Paul for joining the discussion. Uh, if you're interested in watching Salo or 120 Days of Sodom and you want some company along the way, uh, there is an audio commentary by me on the Sinister Patreon page. So check that out if you're interested in supporting the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Sinister Sissies as well as at Facebook at Sinister Sissies. You can follow my personal Twitter at Jared Bartle, that's Jared with a Y. Or you can also follow our guest Paul, Paul underscore Cup on Twitter. Until next time, stay sinister. <laughs>